Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This Orange Cassidy man... If you say bad words against him, I'm going to fight you. Also, hello, my friends. Welcome to Ups and Downs. This time for AEW Dynamite. And who hills warm and fuzzy in their tum-tum? I certainly do, because every day we wake up, oh, brand new day. <laughs> and there's so much wrestling news. Somebody please send help. Anyway, the piece of fruit was defending his international title for the 20th time. And here, he was also taking on bandidos. As I always say, you could go to any reality on this planet. Doesn't make any sense. And these two would absolutely smash it. It got even better as well because we're also telling the story of, oh my gosh, Orange Cassidy is having so many matches. How can he continue this? So eventually he will lose. And basically it's going to be down to fatigue. I get it. Cassidy also did some Lucha Libre to begin with, which was basically just being really lazy and kind of wiggling around a bit. And when they had a pose off and Bandido went to do his finger guns, Orange Cassidy grabbed his hands and put them back in the fake holsters. Goofy wrestling for life. This continued as well because he pretended he was going to do a dive, instead did his own pose, and then we got into it. It was just move, 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 go, go, go. And I sat there thinking, that'll do, pig. That'll do. Cassidy eventually went for a real dive when Bandido caught him and threw him into Barry Barricade. Now, I've been thinking about this, and I thought, you know what, I am going to let it go. But then I decided, no, I saw the look on Baz's face. I saw how sad he was, and I'm not going to take it anymore. So there you go. American, British, Canadian, American. It doesn't matter. We could have Barry. We could have Bazza. We could have El Bando or Barrissimo. Everybody hates this person, and he's just trying to do his job. And Dino also then did this ludicrous drive over the top rope when he was doing his super long delayed vertical suplex when Orange Cassidy turned that into the stun dog millionaire. And he also hit a top rope crossbody and a Mishinoko driver. So he was rocking and rolling. But Dino also had his own madness because he then hit a one arm suplex as well as a cutter because it is 2023 when he grabbed Orange Cassidy and was basically pressing him with one hand. And I know he's just an orange. But I still thought it rocked. He also hit a frog splash for a near fall. And we really went to town here as well. Because when Orange Cassidy applied the mousetrap, Bandido got out as Excalibur screamed, nobody's ever done that before. So I didn't know that. Good for him. We then went reverse time 9,000 because all of a sudden Orange Cassidy reversed another cutter. He hit the orange punch as he followed up with a beach break to get the one, two, three. And we should just find these two and say to them, hey man, you're really good. What a wonderful match. It was just so much fun, which is all I need in my life. Or the kind of thing that maybe Orange should be the champion forever. 
I mean, why the flub not? And also, there is an interview up right now on What Coach Wrestling where I interviewed Orange Cassidy. I had a great old time. I'm not sure he did, <laughs> but never mind. Ah, but Ava Kett was then in the back with Adam Cole. He wasn't happy. He is basically still super mad at Chris Jericho given what the wizard did last week. That's why later he's going to the ring and he wants this face to face. And if Christopher Jericho doesn't turn up, well, Adam Cole will come back here and he'll find him anyway. This is also when Cassidy and Bandito walked in. They were like, oh man, Rene, are you going to interview us? He was like, no, I just chatted to Adam Cole. And Orange just went, oh, and he walked off. So Bandito went, uh, and he walked off. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually in love with these people and I want to be their pal. Somehow Bacat cloned herself as well. Then she was interviewing Darby Allen. Jungle Boy was here as well as Darby was all like, oh man, I want to be friends again. Because look, I didn't know what FGF was going to do last week. If I had done, I wouldn't have been chilling out in the rafters. I would have been ringside. I was like, Darby, are you kidding? Do you not watch the show? This was obvious. So it was pure selfishness because now Darby Allen does want Jungly Jim to watch his back. And although they agreed, there was still a lot of tension here. So I think something bad is going to come of it. But also something very good talk about it later. Which is when we got an absolute gem. For it was Jeff Jarrett versus Dax Harwood after all the problems they've been having recently. And we all know the deal with Dax. He is having a banner year or a banner year and a half. Whereas Jeff Jarrett has been brought into AEW. He's just doing old school wrestling and he is totally brilliant. So you were wrong. I was wrong. My mum was probably wrong. We were all wrong. But sometimes it's nice to be wrong. Go get him, Double J. They were having loads of fun with this as well because straight away the officials came out and say, listen, Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh, Jay Lethal, you're not allowed to be out here and in fact you have to go to the back. And the detective in me was like, I bet Mark Briscoe had something to do with this. When Jeff and Dax did get in the ring though, they just went and did some wrestling, they did some grappling and they were like, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> they didn't say, Rrr. If they did, I don't think anybody would have watched the show. Jarrett's punches are also amazing, and we could all learn a thing or two for him. But any time he did do this, and then turned around and went, way and did his pose, Dax just chopped his ass. Wasn't his ass. Harwood also got thrown chest first in the team of the turnbuckle, so I was like, oh, he's doing Bret Hart stuff there. I like it. When, of course, Jeff Jarrett was going for the figure four. Dax was going for the sharpshooter. And it was always going to happen, but I'm glad that it did. Double J eventually dropped the leg too when he started doing the strut, which always made me laugh. When these two went to the outside and Jarrett threw Dax into Barry Barricade. So that is it. Because yeah, going back to what I said earlier, I thought I was just going to move past it, but I can't when I search my feelings. So we started this a Ring of Honor, then we had Raw, and then we had AEW Dynamite. And there was three on ROH, there was two on WWE, and there's two here. So I just do my math. It's really simple. That's nine. Nope. <laughs> Wait, that's seven. So bring it in. There it is. The justice for Barry counter. It goes up to seven. Now, while this is going to get totally out of control, sometimes you have to do what is right for mankind. And I'm going to keep an official eye on it. These two are then countering everything, which was really cool because it ended with Dax Harwood hitting a pile driver. Although when Jarrett went for another figure four, Harwood was able to turn that into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, but he even got two. Jeff Jarrett's been around for a while, he knows what to get out of. This is when all of a sudden Sanjay Dutt was back and he was holding Dax Harwood's foot to try to allow him to get the pin, but because the tag team champion is a hero, he kicked out. Very sadly though, he was pissed at Sanjay, so he started to chase him. This didn't go well at all either, because when he got back in the ring and flew out again, Jeff Jarrett went, ha ha, surprise, he hit the stroke. And kind of amazingly, 
beat Dax in the middle of a squared circle. I can't help it. I really like this. It made me giggle. <laughs> you also do have to ask the question, what is the point of having the you stay in the back rule? It's about as useful as VAR in soccer or football. That's a very niche reference. But now, this is just so damn smart because we can do Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett taking on FTR in some kind of TV tag team title match. Of course, Dax and Cash will win, but you just know they'll make it work. Another round of applause for this. Having another good time. When we just got the best announcement after this too. Because Tony Khan was in the back and he confirmed that the Owen Hart Cup is coming back. It's going to start at double or nothing. We're going to have some stuff at the Forbidden Door. And when All Elite Wrestling do their big Canada tour, we're really going to get into the nitty gritty. The finals two are also at the moment currently scheduled for a random AEW house show that is coming from Calgary. But given that it is on a Saturday night and given that the rumor is AEW Collision is going to air on Saturday nights... Or take your hands, my friends, and squidge them together. But I love that this is coming back. We should all remember Owen Hart, who was a damn legend and an absolute game changer. And given that we've got to this point, I thought we should return to the fan forum and read some of your comments. This one is from Carpet719, who says, Simon, you're a bald a-hole, and I don't like you at all, and neither do your parents. Did my mum write this? When it was time to turn Wardlow into a killer. Good. Now, he was with Arn Anderson, which is now officially a thing, which I think is going to work out very well. And he kicked his opponent's ass so fast with all the power bombs, we didn't even find out who he was. So we've got to give him a name, and I'm going to say he was called Max Wallpaper. That's a terrible name. Anderson also cut a promo afterwards saying that Wardlow is the guy. He's the dynasty of AEW, and they're going to do whatever they have to do to get to the tippy top, even if it means... They have to cheat and kill people. I was like, Arn <laughs> oh, Anderson, crazy. This is when Christian Cage interrupted with Luchasaurus. And this is literally what they did. They came to the ring, they came to the ring, the music was playing, clean your clothes, your eyes. Got to the steps and went, actually, no, we can't be bothered. They turned around and went, see ya. Thanks very much. So that absolutely made me laugh because basically everyone just stared at each other here. But here's the deal. Christian Cage and Wardlow and Arn Anderson and Luchasaurus, who is a dinosaur, do not forget. I think this will be tickety-boo. I look forward to it. I'm just glad to see Wardlow getting the rehab treatment. Check out his interview as well. Get it up. Renee was back after this. She's working hard this evening. And she was ready to talk to Sammy Guevara when all of a sudden MJF turned up. And he went and kissed Sam on the forehead. So Sam went and kissed MJF on the forehead. And I was like, that's it. I'm totally in with this pairing. Also, I'd like someone to kiss me on the forehead. They also don't care what people think about their new friendship, which is why Sam had bought Max a new vest, and why Max had bought Sam a lovely new scarf. A little bit of a tear in my eye watching this. It's just so lovely. They also had a big old hug because they are now best friends and they're going to help each other out later. I'm actually going to give this an up. It was properly making me laugh. They are such wonderful goofs. As I always say, that's actually all I need in my professional wrestling. And then... Boy, oh boy. Because RJ City was in the back and he was just trying to have a good time when all of a sudden the Blackpool Combat Club turned up and they just beat the shit out of him. And I was like, what is wrong with you people? This was just because RJ was going to remind us that Takeshita and Kenny Omega are teaming up at the main event. So this ties in to what happened on Rampage. Because do not forget, John Moxley had a match with Christopher Daniel just because Christopher used to be friends with the Young Bucks. So like, if you're the Young Bucks' barbers, or you're the dentist, or you're the doctor, you need to leave town, man, because these guys are going to murk you. Moxie even said before the night is over that they're going to leave some scars. And why, why did nobody ring the police? Because that is quite the threat. 
I don't mean Sting. I don't mean his band. I mean the actual car. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. When we got Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen, and it was totally great, because of course it was. MJF also joined commentary, and yes, he was eating a giant jar of pickles. And him and Tony Schiavone were hilarious the whole time. Should probably go and listen to it. Otherwise, Darby had decided he was going to try and ground Sammy Guevara, which is why he applied a scorpion deathlock early on. But when he went from a German suplex to the floor, Mac Esnischt, Guevara kind of shuffled his hips, distracted the referee, and he hit Allen right in the penis. Ah, I think you should be doing that. He also did this incredible moonsault to the floor, and MJF lost his mind, I can see why, when he decided, <laughs> I'm going to do every single suplex I can. And unsurprisingly, when he got to like the 45th one, Darby Allen turned that into the Scorpion Death Drop. Pretty good. We then started to set up a table which could never be good when Ty Mello ran out to cast distraction. 
When we got this nut Spanish fly, and that's right, these two went crashing through the wood after a senton, and the impact at which they hit the floor made me feel all wibbly-wobbly in my tootsie toes. All of this happened in about eight seconds as well, so even I fell on the floor, and MGF was so mad that Darby Allen got back in the ring at like 9.9999, he started to make his way to the squared circle too. Mello was also then casting distraction again because our MP was through the roof. When Freeman got the skateboard, he put it in the ring and they put it in Darby Allen's hands. And as soon as Sam saw this, he threw himself on the ground. I was like, ah, he hit me in the head. They were pulling the damn Eddie Guerrero. Even better than all of that, though, is the ref saw it. And despite not actually having visual evidence, went, well, I suppose you did do it. And he called for the DQ. And I'll tell you why this is so good. Because now that is the second week that MGF and Sammy Guevara have not only caused a count out, but they've caused a disqualification. AEW doesn't do that booking and they're ruling it. So they are just a couple of schmerels and Jungle Boy came out to try and even the odds here when Tony Schiavone was like, ha ha, I have just been talking to Tony Khan and he doesn't like any of this. So next week, all of you are going to be in a tag team match and if Jungle and Darby get the victory, we're going to do a four-way at the pay-per-view. Damn right. Schiavone also called MGF a prick here, which made me laugh. And I like this for two reasons. One, this is a good story, but also two, <laughs> I predicted this last week. I never get anything right. I need the small victories. I also just love that we are building a main event world title feud around these four guys. Every single one is going to benefit no matter what happens. I'm genuinely invested. I actually want to see what is going to happen. Given it enough. Renee also tried to chat to Sammy and MGF after this, and it's already got bad. Maxwell got in a car, Guevara was gonna follow, and Freeman was like, I'm sorry, it's full. Even though he was the only guy in it, and he pulled away, Sammy Guevara was just like, Man, I don't think I've made the right life decisions. Which is when we got Adam Cole and Chris Jericho getting into it, kinda. They are just top-tier pro wrestlers. Because Cole did come to the ring and was like, listen, Chris, I don't want to write around here. You tried to murder my girlfriend last week, so get your butt in this ring right now so I can now, you know, take you to the cleaners. I didn't mean literally. I was going to punch him. Instead, Jericho appeared on the big screen and was all like, man, I'm not coming near you, you coward. Because he was being a massive wuss. And instead, he sent the Jericho Appreciation Society out there. Now, look, I love Adam Cole, and I think he should be the world champion in the future. But this was four on one. That is not good wrestling maths. It's two plus two equals potato. Amazingly, though, all of a sudden, Orange Cassidy and Bandido ran out to try and help. I was like, what are you doing? Adam Cole is already down. The Jericho Appreciation Society is still standing strong. So it's still four on two. Don't make me do my mathematics again. As it turned out, though, this was all a tease for our mega surprise. And nobody saw this coming, and I don't understand how this didn't get out there in the wrestling world that loves to talk about everything. Because all of a sudden, the Kill Switch Engage music started to play, and who ran out to help Adam Cole? It was Mantar. <laughs> Imagine it was Mantar. I would have died, but it was even better than this. It was flipping Roderick Strong. What? The last time we heard he was still in NXT, although we haven't seen him for months, so he got out of his WWE contract. And it didn't get reported once. Something fishy is going on. It was absolutely fabulous, though, because, of course, Roderick Strong and Adam Cole are super-duper good friends, and all the good guys got back together, and they were able to chase the bad guys away. So now we can probably do a tag team match here as well. This really made me make a lot of noises, because, again, it totally shocked me. That never happens in 2023. I am giving it an up. What a good program this has become. However... If we turn to Kayfabe Corner, don't forget it goes like this. Steve, 
You hate wrestling, right? Yep. Well, I'm going to turn that around for you. Listen to this. Adam Cole got smashed so bad in the head that he had a cushion that almost cost him his career. And when he came back to the ring, Chris Jericho and his bunch of goons decided, <laughs> not only are we going to beat up your girlfriend, but we're going to attack you so badly, we're going to try and take you out of commission forever. You are a bad person. I do very sadly have to throw a down in here, though, and I know straight away, Simon, I can't absolutely stand you. How dare you do this? And it's just a little one... It kind of irked me. Because where the flub was Keith Lee. I thought after we had that mini reunion between him and Adam Cole, we could insert him into this. Because one, it gets him on TV more. And it could probably spark life into that Swerve Strickland feud. Which always gets going and then kind of ends again. Also, why wouldn't he want to run out here to help his friend? And why would he send Orange Cassidy and Bandido a stick? So I get it. It's just a small thing. But as soon as it entered my brain, I was like... And I couldn't get it out of there again. And yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I was getting the down. But man, oh man, do I like QTV. Because we were back with another episode of this as QT Marshall. I was like, do you see what happened last week or recently with Powerhouse Will Hobbs? None of this was good, which is where William stormed in. And he grabbed QT around the neck like he was going to kill him. Marshall kind of freaked out and reminded him, look, man, I got you the championship and I can get you it again when he promised to instigate plan B. Now, I have no idea what plan B is going to be. But this is just entertaining stuff. And it kept Hobbs on my television step, which is really important. It doesn't matter if you lose a championship as long as you have a fallout storyline. Seems to be the way here. That is getting it up. Which brought us to Jade Cargill versus Ty Valkyrie. And I can't lie. Why would I? I was pumped. So I think AEW has done a great job with this feud. And now you're finally seeing somebody take it to Jade. And that's what we need. Evolution. It's a mystery. We also had this stipulation in the sense that Tyre Valkyrie was banned from using her finishing move. I still don't really understand who signed off on that. And it totally played in here because every time Tyre went for it, she was just like, oh, I don't know what to do. I can't lie. That was a bit silly. Valkyrie was well aware of this before the match. Why didn't she have a plan B like QT Martial? However, after Cargill had shoved her in the face, Tyre just came back with all these strikes. And I was like, yes, get her, get her. But because she wasn't able to hit her finishing move, they spilled to the outside when they threw each other into Barry Barricade. So that is eight. That's right. I'm not letting this go. That is eight. And I would like to apologize to Simba the Still Steps because they were also abused during this. But I have to deal with one ridiculous problem at a time. Cargill then took over until of all the moves. Taya went for the least devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the Blue Thunderbolt. This never beats anyone. Surprise, surprise, Jake kicked out in two. It still continued to kick ass, though, because all of a sudden they were doing a top rope superplex, and that was fantastic. When Cargill decided she was going to hit the Jaded, but once again, Ty Valkyrie's like, man, I've been doing that move for ages. I know how to get out of it. And she did. But then she thought about going to the road to Valhalla, realized, oh, yeah, I can't do that got stuck in the space-time continuum, which is when Jade Cargill hit the most devastating move in all sports entertainment, and she rolled her up for the three. Now you can't argue that it does get the win each and every time, and what I really enjoyed is that even though Tyre Valkyrie did lose, she started to beat up everybody after this, and she was going to hit the road to Valhalla on Aubrey Edwards, a referee, before she kind of got calmed down. So all that is getting an up... However, it was still a little bit ridiculous that one, somebody had told Tyre that she couldn't use the move, and two, like I've already mentioned, she had no game plan, and every time just started staring off into the abyss. I mean, surely it would have been better for Valkyrie just to have got DQ'd here because she did hit the thing, which is why I just think it would have been a little bit better if it had been Tyre saying, Jay Cargo, I am so confident I can beat you, fine. 
We shall ban my finishing move and watch what happens. And look, it's not a big deal and we can absolutely do round two and I think Ty Valkyrie should become the brand new TBS champion. But for all the reasons that came out of my mouth down, goodbye my mentions. I'm not allowed to give downs anymore. People get so mad. We were then backstage with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, who were not in a good way, though. Because not only was Britt all beat up because of the outcast, ooh, Jamie Hayter also had her arm in a sling. They also went nuts when talking about Soraya, Tony Storm and Ruby Soho and actually said, the only way this ends is if you put us in the morgue. Which means, unless they die, this feud is actually going to go on forever. And look, if you could make it work, great. But I think that may be a little bit long. Which brought us to our main event. And it was just tremendous. I mean, for starters, the Butcher and the Blade were able to close up their meat shop earlier and be in this position, which I always liked. But they were also flanked by Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian. So this is just an awesome foursome. They're also fighting Kenny Omega into Kester, who are just ridiculous. And we had story here. Because Brian Danielson was on commentary going, this to Kester, joining the Elite. I think he should join the Backpool Combat Club. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. Otherwise, the Blade did what he always does when he gets in there and just starts slashing at people. When Takeshita decided, I'm going to hit you with the hardest punch you've ever seen in your life. I mean, he really whammed him. It was then all tag, tag, tag. Here, you do this, you do that. Because it is a tag team match and they know what they're doing. When Kenny Omega and Takeshita started to do all these double team moves. Honestly, it's just so damn smooth. Like my head. When they did this you can't escape senton combo, and just as Kenny was about to do the big old Terminator dive, Kip Sabian stopped him when the Butcher was back. He was just flattening fools. The Kester still got the hot tag, and he was just brain-bustering everyone, because I don't think he likes brains, which is a very odd thing to say. When the Butcher and the Blade got back into it, and they hit their own double-team move, and just when they were going for their finisher, ta-da-la, Kenny was back and he stopped them. It also led to the least devastating move in all of sports entertainment, because Takeshita hit the blue thunder bomb. Of course, it didn't work. It never worked. These guys were then just going at it with everything they did have when Takeshita finally smashed the blade with a big knee. This is when Omega was able to do his Terminator dive. And because the butcher was all wibbly wobbly in the middle of the ring, Takeshita hit him with another knee. One, two, three. Once again, I got up and applauded. It was just so good. We also had more though, because straight after this, Brian Danielson was like, man, am I sick of this? Because the guy that got the win is a professional and bravo to you. But look at this other amateur over here talking about Kenny Omega. You nothing but a geek. It's why Takeshita should really think who he is aligning himself with. When it turned out this was just a massive distraction. Because who appeared from behind them? It was the BCC. And they got to some thumping. Thankfully the Young Bucks came out here and balanced the odds with super kicks. Which is when Brian Danielson was saying to Takeshita, help us, please help us. And he did see a little bit conflicted. Hmm. It also stopped Kenny Omega from using that screwdriver, so I was doubly going, hmm, especially because the Blackpool Combat Club used that as an opportunity. They took out the Elite, and then, yeah, they celebrated with Takeshita. And while he thought about this for half a second, he was like, wait, no, I don't want this at all. I then started to shout, whose side is he on? Well, AW made it obvious, because Wheelie Yuta punched him in the balls, as Danielson said, well, I guess you've chosen your side, you absolute idiot, when Moxley... <laughs> Got the screwdriver now. We've been waiting for someone to use this for ages. And you think he would have just gone slam and wrapped him right in his head. But no, because Mox is an absolute fruit loop, he went like he was some sort of woodpecker. It also meant that Akesha was totally bleeding here, but it was a great end to Dynamite because this elite versus the BCC feud just gets better every single week. And I still think there are some twists and turns in the canon. 
It's probably going to end with a blood and guts match soon. That is going to be off the chain. I'm going to have to watch it like this. It's absolutely getting an up. Which did bring us to the end of another AEW Dynamite. And look, it was a really good show. I am going to give it an up. But my word, do we have a couple of crazy months ahead of us. I mean, we've got Double or Nothing. We've got the Owen Hart Cup. And we probably have CM Punk. And we probably have AEW Collision. So lock yourself in, my friends. We are in for quite the journey. Also, please do click one of the videos on the screen right now. It's probably an ups and downs video to support the show as much as you can. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. And you can come say hello on social media. What Culture WWE and Simon Miller 316. My name is Simon What Culture. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, you take care of yourself. Make sure you have a warm and fuzzy feeling in your tum-tum, because otherwise, what is the point? See you soon.